Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Visit us soon at our new State College location. This is the Blue White Breakdown, the premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and Daniel Gallen. Welcome to today's episode of the Blue White Breakdown, Penn Live's Penn State football podcast. I'm Daniel Gallen, and we have a little bit of a different midweek episode for you. Bob Flounders is off this week, so I'm joined by Joe Hermit, our longtime Penn Live Patriot News photographer, who's I think just about seen it all and, and captured it all during his time on on the Penn State beat. Uh, Joe, how are you doing today? Doing all right, Daniel. This is the the true definition of the beat team, <laughs> but we'll struggle we'll struggle through it. It's a, a big day for your for your blue white breakdown debut. It's probably overdue. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see about that. <laughs> uh, before we go any further, just a reminder: you can get the blue white breakdown anywhere you get your podcasts: Apple, Google, Amazon, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, etc. Uh, you can watch us on YouTube, and obviously, you can visit penlab.com/slash Penn State Football for all your coverage needs uh, this spring and beyond. Uh, speaking of uh, our site, uh, Joe uploaded a couple photo galleries from the Under Armour Next Camp, uh, Calvert Hall uh, in Towson, from last weekend. So I, I figured we could start there, uh, talk about some of the things that, that we saw, some of the players that we saw. Uh, it was a cold day. It was a long day. But Joe, what were some of your, your takeaways from getting to see these class of 22, 23, 24, 25 guys uh, in that camp setting? Uh, the Under, Under Armour camp is pretty cool. Um, I mean, I'm sure a lot of fans have heard about it, but they're not really familiar with it. It's, it's I know I wasn't really the how it worked. It's kind of like a a mini NFL combine kind of thing. You know, they, they measure them, you know, height, weight, reach, um, you know, 40 yard dash, you know, three cone drills, all this kind of stuff. And then they, you know, then they break off into their individual workouts, depending on their positions. So you kind of get a chance to see, although there is so much going on, it's hard to follow (laughs) one guy um, in particular, because there's like 200 athletes there, you know, but, you kind of get a chance to see um, these guys running through different agility uh, courses and, and, and go one-on-one against some of the other top guys, prospects, uh, you know, on the other side of the ball. One thing that really stood out to me, I mean, guys kind of like meet the eye test, you know, so to speak when you see them. And, uh, but the offensive lineman that's committed to Penn State um, that you wrote about a couple times, Anthony Donka, boy, he, I mean, he really looks, he really looks the part, you know, I mean, he, he's, I mean, as physically imposing as, as anyone that I can remember coming into Penn State, you know, and he's still got another year before he's going to be even getting there, right? Probably looks more the part than some of the guys that they've had there the last few years, unfortunately. Uh, I don't know. What'd you think? What'd you think about him? Yeah. I think the, the one thing that that stood out to me a lot was when they were, they were lined up for the one-on-ones where they had the, the five offensive linemen across and he was bigger than a lot of the guys that, that he was lined up next to bigger than a lot of the guys that were lined up across from him on the defensive line. 
um, he had a good quote uh, when I was talking to him where he said that he was uh, glad that he got beat a couple times. Um, he was going up against Mason Robinson from McDonough, who is another pretty high, highly rated Penn State target uh, in the class of 2023. Um, and Robinson got the best of him a couple times, but Donko had pretty good humor about it and said that he was glad he got beat because now he can go back and, and figure it out moving forward. But he definitely does look the part. I mean, standing next to him, I mean, he's listed at 6'5", 3'10", and I'm pretty bad at gauging heights, but just kind of from my 5'8", uh, and 3 quarters perspective, I mean, he, he looked 6'5", he looked 3'10", the length was was really there, and you can kind of see that there's something there for Penn State to mold, and you look at the some of the guys that Penn State has in this class, um, especially the the offensive linemen, it's kind of a lot of bigger bodied guys that you expect them to be able to come in and, and really mold and, and really develop once they get on campus. So it'll be interesting. And I think Anthony Donko has, has a good, good base for, for when he ultimately arrives here. Yeah. And he's got, he's got the build as well. He doesn't, he's not just, I mean, he's big and athletic and like he, he just looks the part, you know, like going through the drills and, and um, you know, he, he's fluid I, I was impressed. I was really, I was really impressed by him. Yeah, I would be very curious as to what his, uh, what his measurements were. Um, kind of like what you talked about with, with the setup of the, uh, of the camp. I thought it was, it was interesting because obviously everyone has seen kind of the the combine drills. Like everyone has seen someone run a forty. Everyone's seen someone run a three cone. But at the NFL Combine, all of the measurement stuff happens behind the scenes, and they just give you those numbers. So the fact that they were doing it out in the open for us. And I think you captured this in your gallery pretty well. We're, we're even measuring the hand size, uh, the wingspan, the arm length, pretty much every single detail uh, you could imagine with these guys. I think that I would be very curious as, as to where Donko kind of checked in um, in terms of the, the, the length, you know, wingspan, arm length, because when you're an offensive tackle, I mean, that's, that's pretty important. You have to keep those guys out on the edge uh, you're going to be going up against a lot of guys that have a lot of length and athleticism. And so I thought that that was, that was pretty interesting too. And, you know, who knows if, <laughs> if we'll ever get those numbers, but it was, uh, I was very curious as to that. And in terms of passing the eye test, I mean, the, the arms, that's a good place to start. You know, someone that uh, Penn State fans can certainly look forward to uh, seeing on campus, a spot that they uh, traditionally haven't, done particularly well uh especially the last few years and uh you know hopefully this this kid can uh come in and change that mm -hmm. yeah and speaking of looking the part i think someone that that stood out to us um there's not a lot of buzz uh for him and penn state i think he's probably looking at more sec schools was sidear mitchell uh defensive lineman from bergen catholic six five three fifty four star in the composite I think he's worth mentioning just because in that setting, he really stood out. I mean, every time I, I looked up, he was going through a drill and, and moving very well for, for someone that size. And he looked yeah. like he knew what he was yeah. doing. He's yeah, he was, he was, I mean, at times looked like a man amongst boys, which is saying a lot in a situation like that, where, you know, you've got the top prospects from the mid Atlantic region, you know, he was, he was always the first, the first guy to run through the drills, which I, you know, I think they planned it that way because it almost was like showing a lot of the other players that were behind him, like how to do it kind of thing, you know, like, and he would just 
the coach would be like, all right, we're going to do this, 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 or, you know, all right, you go first. And bam, he would just go through it, or, you know. And then some other guys would go through and have to do it again because they were – he was just – he was – yeah, he was really impressive. He he looked like he was already in in college, you know. he Like you said, like a 6'5", 350 or something like that. Yeah, like the footwork too was just – pretty amazing like i felt like he moved like someone who was maybe 250 pounds uh in terms of getting through the agility getting around the edge um i was kind of surprised when after the fact when i i looked them up i think 24 7 has him as a three star in their house rankings and in the composite he was i think he was around 300 i think he might have been in, in the top 300 but i was i was kind of surprised by that because yeah number 231 nationally in the composite he was someone where I was like, okay, like even if he doesn't end up at Penn State, um, even if Penn State doesn't even really factor into his recruitment, like this is someone I saw comes from a proven program like Bergen Catholic. I'm going to keep this this name in, in mind moving forward. He looked like one of those SEC linemen, you know, that you, you're watching the championship games, you know, like just disrupting. But yeah, I, I know he's got offers from, from all over and we'll probably end up down there. But um yeah, he was he was really impressive. Definitely met the eye test, like like we mentioned earlier. You know, one other guy who stood out um, that is a little bit newly relevant uh, for Penn State fans, um, the offensive line MVP um, from Damatha. I'm going to butcher the name Oluwatosin Babalade. Uh, I think his Twitter handle is Big Tree, and they were calling him Tree, uh, and I think that was pretty apt. Um, he picked up a Penn State offer on Tuesday. Um, he was the offensive line MVP at the at the Under Armour camp. 6'5", 296, three-star in the composite. Obviously, that's probably going to go up. The people running the camp spoke very highly of him. Um, and so that, I think that that's a name for, for Penn State fans to keep an eye on. Even though there's already four offensive linemen in the class right now, Penn State, I think, is going to try to add as many as they can. Uh, especially someone coming from a program like DeMatha where Penn State has had success. And that's a program that has really turned out um, guys who are ready for this level. Um, I think that that's someone uh, who's who's worth watching. I don't know if, if he he caught your eye at all, but that was just something I, I saw uh, on, on Twitter yesterday that I think is is definitely worth pointing out. Unfortunately, I didn't get to see a lot of him, but um, hey, you can never have enough offensive linemen, right? <laughs> He's got to throw a bunch of darts at the board and and hope hope one go, hits the bullseye and then you're in good shape. And then one last guy to talk about uh, from last weekend, um, five star Emilio Agard uh, from St. Joe's Prep. Um, he tweeted that he'll be on campus this weekend. He's class of 2024. He visited for the whiteout last year. Number 22 player in the class of 2024. Penn State hasn't gotten uh, a player out of St. Joe's Prep since John Reed. Obviously, that's one of the the top top programs in the state. So I think that's a name to know. Um, he was a defensive back MVP at the Under Armour camp. It was hard to miss uh, wearing a all red, a sw- bright red sweatsuit underneath his uh, underneath his uh, jersey and, and shorts. And yeah, he was someone too. Where you know he's only a sophomore, and you can just kind of you could see you know the the skills there and. Obviously, cornerback is a position where you can come in, and if you're athletic, you can play early, and and you can really make some things happen. Two things: I had no idea he was only a sophomore. That's pretty stunning to me. I, I thought I thought he was a senior just by the look of him. And uh, second, you have to have a lot of confidence and swagger to pull off an outfit that 
that like he was wearing. <laughs> Maybe I'll try and throw up a photo in the video here to show everybody. All red, like bright red, sweatpants, sweatshirt. Yeah. Yeah. No, he was, he, he's another guy, you know, I mean, just looks the part. He, um, he's tall. He's, he's, he's long. He, he's already a good size, but you know, he'll be putting some weight on that, on his frame. He's a little, he's a little thin, but I'm not, not too thin, but he's got two more years, right? You put more, three more years to put more weight on, but very athletic, very long. And we'll be playing great competition throughout high school because that's, you know, that's a great league down there. So, yeah, he's definitely a guy to keep an eye on. I think he also got away with wearing Nike cleats uh, on the field. <laughs> Did he really? I think his, his bright green bright green cleats were Nike. Man, those cleats, those, oh, I know they were giving them away, but it's a good thing they were giving them away because, man, those things were ugly. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe kids like those. I don't know. Oh, man. <laughs> It was interesting too because they were they were testing out some gear. So at the end of when each position group would uh, would finish, they'd pull aside a group of guys that they had wearing a certain type of cleats and and kind of pull them on that. So it's uh, it, it's one of those things where it's a, a symbiotic relationship where Under Armour can get some some feedback, some R and D, and and these kids can get some exposure. But with Agard, uh, he's going to be one to watch. Uh, kind of like you said, I mean, he's going to be playing great competition. Already looks the part. Recently got offers from Notre Dame, Wisconsin, and Georgia. So that's going to be another national recruitment um, out of uh, 17th and Girard uh, in Philly. This is the Blue White Breakdown. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Visit us at cureleaf.com or stop in to see us at any of our locations, including our new state college dispensary located at 1248 South Atherton Street. Let's talk medical marijuana and let our confidence become yours. Switching gears to, to right now, it's, it's one, late Wednesday morning. Uh, Penn State has a practice later today, um, but we've gotten to see Penn State practice twice so far uh, this year. And obviously... I'm on the sideline. I'm kind of taking in the big picture um, of things. Obviously, that involves a lot of watching the quarterbacks right now because uh, that's a pretty interesting thing. But, Joe, you can really focus in closely on on individual players and, and seeing you know guys at different positions going through drills as you kind of make your way through. So who's kind of stood out to you when, you know, when you're going back through your photos after practice or as you're shooting that, oh, wow, this guy looks – physically imposing or he's really doing something that that stands out to you we we get to go to practice for about 15 20 minutes when when we're there so and and the time that we're there is usually drill time it's not when they're doing one-on-ones or anything like that it's it's individual drills because of the just the layout and everything i i'm usually concentrating concentrating more on offense than defense just because of where they're located on the field and where we're allowed to go. But so I've seen a lot of the offense and um, I just it was really impressed by, you know, a couple of the the, the incoming freshmen, Caden Saunders and, and Amari Evans. I mean, those guys just look so athletic and so fluid. It, they, they just, they again, I, I hate to say it again because we've been, we've said this several times today, but they just look the part, you know, you know, certain guys just carry a, a kind of um, confidence and swagger. I mean, and not cockiness or anything. I mean, just the way they carry themselves, you can see that they're they're confident 
And, and I think that has a lot to do with it, especially when you're an incoming freshman in a, at a program like Penn State playing a position like wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Those guys just really have stood out to me with their athleticism. You know, I've been trying and, – and, and a guy who's already been there, Malik Mega. He 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 looks really he looks really good too. I I think he's he's a guy that could have a breakout season. Mm-hmm. You know, he showed flashes last year, but he's just got he's just got all the he's just got all the the intangibles. You know, the size, the speed, the hands. You know, and and, and again, I think he just watching him just feels like he's ready to take that next step. It, it was really interesting last week when we were in there for those special teams drills, uh, the the punt coverage where they had Mega lined up as as a gunner on the outside and 6'4", 200 with that speed going down the field. You could, I think that that was kind of a an opportunity for him just to show show off that speed, show off kind of those those raw tools. And that was pretty impressive to me. Omari Evans is a really interesting case uh, this year. Um, obviously, Caden Saunders was the first commit in the class. He's a four-star, top 100 recruit. The expectation is that he can come in and, and he can contribute early and and make some things happen with the ball in his hands. But you know, Evans is, is from Texas. He committed before the Indiana game in October. Um, he's a burner. Uh, he's got 4-3 speed, but he was a high school quarterback um, for a run-heavy uh, program. So he is kind of a, an interesting kind of learning curve, I guess. And um, I think he's someone who came up and, and worked out uh, for the Penn State staff. And that's kind of what helped him get this offer and helped him end up here at campus. And I think that it'll be really interesting to see just with that kind of pure speed, if that can get him onto the field, because Penn State didn't really have that last year. Um, obviously, Dotson and Keandre Lambert-Smith um, both you know have some good straight line speed, but Dotson, you needed him to do kind of everything in the offense. And Lambert Smith is kind of taking that, those slow steps forward in his development. But, you know, if Evans can find his way onto the field, just on the outside, someone who can come in, take the top off the defense, open it up for Saunders, for Parker Washington, who I think will have a big year, um, and, and the tight ends, I think that that could be a, a really interesting dynamic that Penn State hasn't really had since KJ Hamler. Yeah, and I mean, he could be a guy that could be used on special teams too, punt returning. You know, oftentimes you'll see a young guy like that break in, go on that route. Kind of a good way to get their feet wet and, you know, get on the field. And those guys just really look good. The running backs, we just haven't really seen a lot of, we've just seen some basic like uh, ball security drills and things like that. So it's kind of, it's, it's been a little more difficult to get a read on um, Nick Singleton, but you know, he, he, he's a guy that just looks, I can't wait to see him actually in live drills or, or, you know, it's definitely like that, that season opener at Purdue can't come soon enough with, with some of these guys. Cause we'll <laughs> Yeah. I, I actually, I'm kind of looking forward to the blue white game. <laughs> I know like a lot of people that are like, Oh, I hate the blue white game. But I mean, I'd like to see, cause I think it's an opportunity for guys like this, like we're talking about to show what they've got. Yeah, it'll be a chance for us to put kind of these 17 and 18 year olds side by side with the 21, 22, 23 year olds and kind of see where they or 24, 25 year olds. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, the the 24 year old quarterback. <laughs> um and kind of see where they where they really do stand up. So I I think that that's kind of the blue white game is I think 2 weeks from 
two weeks from Saturday. So coming up, yeah, April twenty third. It's going to be a, a a big day on the calendar. Yeah, yeah, I'm actually looking forward to it. Just to see, the, like I said, to see these guys, you know, you, usually it's kind of like, but now that you have more influx of these early enrollees, like the, the blue white game used to be like, uh, you know, you'd see a lot of guys that you would never see again. <laughs> but now, you know, with these early enrollees and, and the younger guys playing earlier in their, in their careers, you know, you get a chance to preview, you see some of these guys, you know. Yeah, I'm excited about it. And and I think that James Franklin and Penn State kind of know and use this as a, a real opportunity to kind of introduce these guys, um, to put them out there and and let them be seen. Yeah, I, I know. Like last year, we didn't have a traditional blue white game. We had more open. It was like an open practice, two open practices at Beaver Stadium. They played situational football where was it the whole game? But you know, offense, defense, and. Uh, you know, a couple of guys that were new to the system that really stood out last year to me that were the, you know, the Kings. I was really impressed by both of those guys in in that format. And those are two guys that I think maybe they share, give them a chance to, to step up in real games. You know? Yeah, I think both of them are, are going to be guys that are going to have the opportunity to start this year. I mean, Kobe King is competing with Tyler Elsden for that middle linebacker spot. And then... You have to replace uh, Tariq Castro Fields, um, and that's Johnny Dixon, uh, Kalen King, um, opposite Joey Porter Jr. And it's a thing too, where maybe not as much with linebacker um, because of how kind of deliberate Penn State seems to be with how and when they play guys at that spot. But we really saw them rotate through cornerbacks last year, so I think we're going to see a, a lot of Kalen King um, this year and and Kobe King and. You know, I think we've heard so many great things about Kalen King that it, it is going to be really interesting to see what Kobe King can do, um, what he can bring to the table and and how he stacks up in kind of that that blue white game environment. You know, to to wrap up now, let's let's talk about you. Let's talk about some of those uh, <laughs> some of those uh, photos that we've got behind you. Um, Get out of the way. <laughs> Everybody wants to look at that. Not me. <laughs> I guess just kind of to you know do like a, a ten thousand foot view um, of you know, being a photographer and, and covering Penn State for so long. Um, you know, what are some of your your favorite memories from these past couple of years um, of of shooting games? Um, obviously, last year we had snow game at Michigan State, kind of a, a weird, cool environment in Iowa. What's kind of stood out to you over, over these past couple of years of of shooting Penn State and kind of getting to see some of these players come through? Yeah, we've gotten through. I mean, the last two years have just been really strange. You know, we went from the COVID year where we were in empty stadiums in the stands, um, which was just the most bizarre thing, especially being at, I remember, you know, going out to Michigan and, and, and being in the big house in the stands, you know, a handful of photographers and, and some family members, you know, it was, it was eerie. And the same thing with Beaver Stadium, you know, I remember the Ohio State game, which was supposed to be the whiteout, just so surreal, you know. And then, I mean, I I thought one of the highlights, one of one of the one of the more enjoyable games that I can remember in a long time was the uh, was the Auburn game, because it was kind of like the return of the the whiteout and the big crowd and the and the I mean, it wasn't. I don't, that wasn't the first home game, but it was the first big home game and the first whiteout. It was just a really good game. 
between two really good teams and, and uh, it just felt uh, kind of like, you know, we were back. That was a lot of fun. The the Iowa game you mentioned was, but I have mixed emotions about that. It was, I, I've always liked going to Iowa and I've always told people that. I always felt it was the most underrated place in the Big Ten. The stadium, it, it's a cool old stadium where like, you know, was that the first time you've been at Kinnick? That, that was the second time. I'd been there in 2015 for a Maryland game. It's old and it, it's kind of was built before the the current building codes where, <laughs> you know, everybody's kind of like right on top of you now. And like, you know, you walk behind the bench and the fans are like right here, you know, so you're like squeezing behind the bench, walking sideways. And, and a couple of events at, at Iowa kind of turned a lot of Penn State fans <laughs> against Iowa. So, I mean, it, I, I don't really tell people that they should go to Iowa anymore. <laughs> um, we all remember that. And, um, and plus, I ended up getting COVID at Iowa, <laughs> which was, which was, was, I guess it was very opportune in the sense that there was a bye week the following week. So I didn't miss any games, you know, but I was sick as a dog for about 10 days, you know, cause they had us crowded. There was about 50, 50 photographers in the photo room, probably built for 30. I was coming back and I was like, Oh, yeah, I feel pretty good. You know, I can shoot the next game. And, you know, it's only Illinois. Not going to be a tough game, you know. I, I mean, even if I'm not feeling 100 percent energy wise, you know, I, you know, I could, I could, I could fudge it through Illinois, right? Well, nine overtimes later, back and forth and back and forth between every possession, it was an adventure to say the least. Um, yeah, I, re- I remember you telling me about because uh, I, I missed the Iowa game, but the the back and forth, back and forth, because it's not like. The, the old overtime where, okay, you have some time to sit. It's just like that, 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 uh, which I don't think is something that, that people really thought about before uh, we had a nine overtime game as, as another dimension to things. Yeah, literally running because there are no TV timeouts or anything. So you're running from one end to the other and they're trying to catch your breath and then they're starting to play and you're like, okay. And then neither team scores and you have to run all the way back to the other and do it all over again. Like, seven times, I guess it was, you know, because the first two, I guess, were the more traditional ones. I, I can't even remember, honestly. Yeah, that was, that was, uh, that was a bit rough, but the, I, I think, you know, even though Penn State lost the Michigan State game, uh, it, it, it's still going to be, I think, one of those games that's it's memorable to fans, uh, just because, you know, that's the first, I, I, I've been doing this since 2000 with Penn State, so 22 years. That's the first like snowstorm blizzard game uh, that we've had in all that time. You would expect that we've had flurries and things like that in the past, but nothing like that before. So that was a really unique situation and it was a lot of fun. I mean, I had a blast. It's a challenge to stay dry. I mean, keep your equipment dry mainly. I mean, I don't really mind if I get wet, but the equipment's the thing, but you know, if you're prepared for it, it was just fun, you know, it was just a, a, a new, a different environment. And it was like a party out there, you know, like people, well, of course they, Michigan State won, but, but, but it was just a, a really cool, a really cool environment. And uh, you could always count on Michigan State for some kind of weather <laughs> because in 20 years, you know, I'd be, I guess I've been there like 10 or 11 times and, and I've never had just a, a regular, like normal sunny day. Or, or cloudy day, even it does. It's always either raining or freezing rain or snowstorm this time or something. You know, it's always 
it's like the worst weather in the big Ten. <laughs> there's there's always something that's going to happen when when you're at michigan state for for better or worse and uh <laughs> it's usually not good oh man well thanks for coming on today joe uh, it was great to great to change it up and i hope all of our blue white breakdown listeners uh, appreciated it uh you can follow along with joe's penn state coverage uh, on twitter uh, he's at joe hermit uh check penn state or penlive.com slash Penn State football for all his photo galleries. Uh, obviously, you can follow me at Daniel JT Gallon. You can subscribe to the Blue White Breakdown on Apple, Google, Amazon, Stitcher, Spotify, etc. wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and I'll be back later uh, with Dustin Hawkinsmith uh, for another episode this week. And for Joe and Mojo, uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. This has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live.